I just felt like running. Hey, man! Hey, listen, I was wondering if you might help me, huh? Listen, I'm in the bumper sticker business, and I've been trying to think up a good slogan. And since you have been such a big inspiration to the people around here, I thought you might be able to help me jump into... Whoa, man, you just ran through a big pile of dog shit. It happens. Hi, this is Glenn Estes, and I'm a big-ass runner from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky home of Wild Turkey Bourbon. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Glenn, and OG, N-O-G, A-O-G, N-O-G, intro. Thank you for doing that. By the way, we need intros, so if you're interested in doing one, we would love for you to do that. Well, my name is Jeff Harold. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 133. Great show for you today in segment number one. You're going to hear from Jay Tinsley. Jay is in the Phoenix area. Now we've got a, I know we have a lot of listeners, runners in that Phoenix, that greater Phoenix area down in Tucson where Sergio lives. Well, he leads a chapter of a really cool organization that I want you to hear all about. So that's segment number one. You're going to love Jay. And then segment number two, I asked the Big Ass Runner Herd for questions. Ask Jeff anything. And of course, I was not surprised that we got some amazing and perplexing questions that we're going to address in segment number two. But first... I wanted to share something with you. I don't know if you know who Alexi Pappas is, but she is fairly well known in the running world. She is a Greek-American runner, filmmaker, actor, writer. She was an NCAA All-American athlete at Dartmouth and the University of Oregon. She represented Greece at the 2016 Summer Olympics and she, we had her on, not her literally on, although that would be awesome. We had a clip of her talking about the rule of thirds and how when you're doing your workouts, a third of the time, you're going to feel great. A third of the time, you're going to feel crappy. A third of the time, you're going to feel okay. And if you have a bad run, you just say, hey, that was one of my crappy ones and you move forward. Great advice, I think, that she got from her Olympic coach. Well, she was at Bandera, and she was running the 50K. We were very excited to hear that when we went down to run the Chapa Aid Station. And I think Stephen was telling me the – I think she posted this on her Instagram. The night before the 100K, she decided to – because usually if you're not sure about your distance, you maybe drop down to the shorter distance – she went the other direction. She went from the 50K to the 100K, which was amazing. She went through the Chapasade station twice. So we got to see her a couple times. And she posted about her experience on her Instagram. And I want to read this. So, Steve, if you give us a little reading music in the background, this is Alexi Pappas on her Instagram. In my ultra, I cried twice, but not from pain. Once because I decided I could do anything. 
And another time I cried because, in full transparency, the aid stations made me feel so cared for that at one point I said out loud in the middle of nowhere, I want snacks! And it was weird, like as if I was a kid saying it and knowing I'd get it. Yes, I'm also in therapy, she says parenthetically. I didn't really have someone handing me cute snacks growing up or asking me if I wanted pretzels. I could get pretzels and trail mix and make myself a cute mini PB&J with the crust cut off, but it wasn't ever offered to me, which is fine. I was great and grateful then, and I'm equally grateful that the ultras provide a human connection and necessity like that. Like I ate a mini cup of homemade mashed potatoes at one point, and I really felt bathed in love. That was my favorite part of the day at mile 52 or so, eating those mashed potatoes. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Chapa special at mile 52. She enjoyed the Chapa special and it was her favorite part of the day. And I'm patting ourselves on the back a little bit. We joke about how great the Chappas Aid Station is and how much we love serving the Chappas Special. But I read that because in trail running, it is not just about the start line and the finish line. It's about the journey. And it's not just about the runner. It's about the support system, the crew, the friends, the pacers, the aid station workers. If you've ever had a chance to serve at an aid station, I would do it. We would love for you to join us next year at Bandera, where we'll be running the Chappas aid station again. And we have big plans, by the way. We're going to blow it out next year. So if you want to join us down in Bandera, but wherever you are in the world, and you have an opportunity to serve at an aid station, do it. You will love the experience. And it is just that paying forward to those runners who maybe in the middle of the night need that warm cup of Chapa special of mashed potatoes. Well, thank you, Lexi, for that. That was so cool to hear your experience. And we loved serving you twice at the Bandera 100K. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 133 of the Big Ass Runner. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is Jay Tinsley. Jay, hey, welcome to the show. Hello, y'all. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you on. And I would love to, well, first of all, you are talking to the Big Ass Runner herd, some of the best people I know, and I would love for them to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you, where you are in the world, some of your background, things like that. A little bit about myself. I am a Long Islander born and raised, spent most of my life in the Northeast between New York and Boston and Philadelphia. But over the past 11 years, I have lived in the Phoenix metropolitan area 
this is where I started my family, it's where I met my wife, it's where I have my kids, it's where I've become in tune with the community. I coach sports here. I'm involved in the police department. I do community engagement. Like this is home somehow or another. Like I never wanted I never <laughs> wanted to be an Arizonan or a Phoenician, but I, I have to admit, like that's what I am now. Like I know people here and people know me. It's weird. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Having been down there for the Black Canyon, we were talking earlier, just I could see how you could fall in love with that area. It's it's unique. It's got you know, probably more topography than most people think. It's got, we're talking about golf and baseball, spring training, but certainly a ton of trail running. I'm so absolutely blessed. I mean, I live right in central Phoenix. I can, I mean, I run the streets. I can run all the way downtown to the footprint center where the Phoenix Suns play and the Mercury play. But I can also run two miles north and I'm in the Phoenix Mountain Preserve and I have 30 miles of trails, however, I mean, it's more than 30, however miles of trails to run. I have, you know, hills, buttes, I don't know what they call them, some of them they call them peaks, whatever, but up to, you know, a thousand foot elevation gain. I can do a lot of trail running and I can start from my house, which is pretty bananas, but also awesome. Like, how did I end up in a place where I can, I can run flat, I can be on the pavement all day, or I can, you know, skedaddle on up to the mountains and run through the preserves. So great. And with Aravipa right there in your backyard, you got so many races you could choose from too. That's a very, very yeah. jealous of that. Yeah, they do such a good job too. One of my favorite things about Aravipa, you know, I've, I've interacted with them on a, multi, on a variety of occasions is that they really try to highlight the county parks. So a lot of places that you might not otherwise visit or you might be intimidated to go out there and run by yourself or hike or whatever. And it's like, all right, well, they're going to host a race there. So now you're out there with a bunch of like-minded individuals all trying to be active you have aid stations you have guides like what better way to sort of showcase the beauty you know the beautiful landscape that is in the phoenix metropolitan valley love it absolutely love it love that area and we've got so many listeners in that area too and in fact one of our listeners moose mike uh, introduced you and i and i would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about your your running you know what what you do what's your running history my running history uh, it starts off pretty sad. I was never a runner. Like most people, I mean, I run a lot now. So most people are like, oh, you know, did you run in high school? And I was like, no, I played baseball, some like backyard basketball in high school. But I was not an in-shape gentleman. I mean, it wasn't until after I graduated college and me and my college girlfriend broke up and I realized that I wanted to meet more girlfriends that I was like, all right, well, I need to start getting in shape. And it took me a while to get comfortable running. Like it was, I spent a lot of time on the elliptical, just getting that motion down. And finally I started running a little bit, but even then it was, you know, I kept it light. And I don't think it was until maybe I moved back up to Boston from Philadelphia in 2008. And I had access to the Charles River Loop. And I started running that. I was in, you know, much better overall fitness at that point. Started running that loop. And like, you can't be in a bad mood running the Charles River Loop beautiful scenery sometimes beautiful weather nice path easy to get to and i just sort of built up from there but was never really a legitimate runner i just kind of ran i didn't I, i'd say i did not run with a purpose so i moved to phoenix still running you know random whatnot and i think it was 2017 friends convinced me to register for the rock and roll half marathon I said, all right, well, I've never run that far before, so, but, you know, I'll give it a whirl. 
got out there, did it, felt good, fine. Got home, and I'm watching the news, and they showed an image, a video from the race, and there was like an older white gentleman who had fallen down near the finish line. And a black man with a black men run t-shirt picked him up and walked him across the finish line and helped him get, you know, across the finish line and also to aid stations and stuff like that. I was like, black men run, what's that all about? Googled it, found out that there has, there was a chapter that had just begun in Phoenix that month, actually. Started attending, you know, the bi-weekly run, became part of that community. These guys, I mean, it was, our chapter runs older. You know, I'm 42 years old and I'm one of the youngest there. Oh, wow. That's they, awesome. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but they, I mean, my dad, my dad passed away when he was 55. At, when he had us, he wasn't like, you know, the pinnacle of fitness. So I just sort of assumed, yeah, you got old and you got out of shape and you didn't do anything. And I was seeing all these older black men being healthy and like making a commitment to their health. So one, that was like this great role model for me. I had all this new fellowship. I had, you know, black mentors, you know, raising families, kids in college, all this great stuff. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And then they began to challenge me. They said, well, why don't you sign up for races? Why? You can do a marathon. You're doing this. You're pushing kids in the stroller. Like, do it. So then I started, you know, I registered for my first marathon and ran that. I registered for trail runs. And now I'm a runner with purpose, I'd say. Mm. <laughs> like, not only am I trying to get better and get stronger and be healthier, but I'm also trying to show others around me, you know, whether they look like me, whether they don't, whether they're the same shape, same height, small, whatever, like, people who've never run before like all you got to do is get out there you know we'll have people come out to our our group runs we do weekly group runs now and they're like well you know how far do i go is it okay if i walk i'm like one you made it out here so that's i mean no one wants to be out at 6 a.m or 7 a.m in the winter time on a saturday so like kudos pat yourself on the back but as long as you're moving your body you're good and you know hopefully the hope is that you'll be able to build up and you know whether it's you know do a mile you know walk half a mile do two miles, walk a mile. Like you'll build up and hopefully you'll get to the point where you can, you know, run for an extended period of time. You do your first 5K, you move on to the 10K, you end up in a half marathon. Now you're doing marathons. Like it all builds from there. But I've benefited from it and I'm trying to continue to grow this community that is Black Men Run, which exists outside of just Phoenix. It's a international organization at this point. We do have chapters in Okinawa, Paris, and London. Why wow, international um, now? That's incredible. Yeah, I know. Big time, right? It's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. But like the whole, the whole purpose of it is to improve the health and wellness of black men through, you know, running and jogging and through this concept of a healthy brotherhood. So, I mean, obviously physical fitness is a large part of it, but we all know anyone who runs knows that knows about the positive impact that running can have on your mental health as well. No doubt. You know, and that's been one of our, one of our bigger focuses over the past year or so is, okay, you know, the physical part, that's great. But, you know, particularly, you know, as we all get through this pandemic, social issues, stuff like that, like there's this increased emphasis on our mental health as well and what running can do, what the fellowship can do to improve that. I'm always amazed at in, in trail running. I know you do road running as well. And in the running community in general is amazing. I, I'm kind of partial to the trail running community <laughs> and how encouraging, it, you know, inclusive it is. And you just mentioned this, you know, running by yourself 
can sometimes feel like a chore, can be hard. You can do it, but man, when you join that community, you get that fellowship, you, like you mentioned, that accountability, and you, you start to do things and you start to open up the idea of doing things that you wouldn't on your own even have thought of. I remember- Exactly. I, I was telling you earlier, I got my name, the big ass runner for my first- marathon um and i picked up my little bib and it said clydesdale I'm like oh that's a big ass runner i must be a big ass runner or big ass horse i must be a big ass runner i had never <laughs> considered a marathon until i started running with a group of, of people and they're like dude you can do that i mean it's it's attainable and now you know i've done a hundred hundred k but sometimes you don't even know what you're capable of until you hear it from other people you see other people doing it any stories like that for, from your experience Oh, man, yeah, like, I mean, just simply being around it. I mean, I mentioned before, like, our chapter runs older. Uh, we're trying to get younger because, we, you know, we need the younger generation. We want to make sure the younger generation is part of something like that. But our chapter tends to run older. And I would say the two best runners in our chapter are both 63 years old. Mm. One of the gentlemen, he, he didn't start running until he joined Black Men Run in 2017 when it first started. And he's built, like, I mean, I joke around and say he looks like, I don't know if you've ever seen Demolition Man, but it looks like Simon Phoenix. Okay. Like, if, like, the, the cryogenic behavior modification program had worked and he became a nice person, like, but he's 63 and jacked, full head of hair, it's, it's, you know, blonde, like, you're just like, I don't know how you are what you are. <laughs> and he had never run before, and he just, he's a gazelle. He's an absolute gazelle. And he's very disciplined and he follows a routine and, you know, he, he's got, I mean, he just has a plan. Like this past last, I mean, almost exactly a year ago, he ran the Mesa Marathon and qualified for Boston. So he'll be running Boston this spring, you know, as a 63 year old, like, and it's just, he blows in mind. We have another guy who's 63 and listen, I mean, I call him the wind. Like I try to run with him and I try to keep up with him and I just can't. And this guy will go out and do his easy 17 miles, 20 miles, go for a walk and a bike ride with his wife afterwards. And I'm like, what you're, you know, quote unquote, old? like, how are you still doing this? And it, it encourages me. Like my goal now, like I'm never going to be, I'm not fast enough to qualify for Boston today. My goal now is that in 20 years, to have kept this up and to keep myself in a good place so I can be like those two gentlemen and qualify for Boston. That's awesome. Yeah, usually we think of inspiration as some, you know someone maybe our our age or younger that's doing these big things. Like, oh, I think I can do that too. To see someone a couple of seasons of life or a season of life ahead of us doing these big things that's super inspiring as well. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it really set the standard. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit more about Black Men Run. You mentioned it, the, the healthy side of it, the social side of it. Tell us a little bit more about that, what you guys are really trying to do. So we, you know, it started off in Atlanta almost exactly 10 years ago. Our anniversary is, 10-year anniversary is coming up this um, July. We plan on having a giant anniversary celebration in Atlanta this October, I believe. So that'll be a lot of fun. But my understanding, you know, started as a run group. You know, it was two gentlemen, the co-founders, who wanted to get people together. They had an idea. They got people out there running. A couple of chapters sprouted up pretty quickly after that. And, you know, again, it was focused on that physical health. And from there, it's grown in such amazing ways to the point where, like, we now say, like, 
we are not a run club. We're a social network of influence and impact. We've gotten to the point, like, this is one of the highlights, but I won't call it the highlight because it's, I mean, it's relatively superficial, but we, we, one of our national partners is Saucony, and this fall, they did a black men run branded sneaker. Like, they, they released the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3 in black men run colors, the black men run logos and stuff like that on. Like, it was just like the coolest thing that had ever happened. Like, <laughs> it was, this was awesome. So now, we, I mean, we are impacting how running sneaker organizations, you know, produce their product. Outside of that, though, you know, there's, I think, BMR Nashville is a great example. They partner with an organization called Brown Boys Read, I believe is the name of it. And they host, you know, I believe they host a 5K in September to raise money to, you know, provide, you know, sneakers to the kids and stuff like that. But it's all about helping with, you know, physical fitness and as well as academic fitness um, for young brown boys in the Nashville area, which is amazing. Here locally, you know, I haven't done anything. We haven't done anything that is that cool. But this past summer, one of our members, before the pandemic, his church used to host a 5K to raise awareness for, I believe it was prostate cancer. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and they stopped. And for whatever reason, they weren't able to get it back going. So he's like, you know, can we do something for this? And I was like, yeah, why not? We found out in Gilbert, which is one of the you know neighboring cities, they light up their water tower in their downtown region blue to you know help raise awareness for prostate, uh, prostate cancer awareness month. So I was like, all right, well let's do this. Let's schedule a you know a group run there. We don't normally do evening runs, so we want to make sure we saw the you know the, the the water tower lit up. We you know put it out to all of our various running club partners, sneaker par- sneaker store partners, and stuff like that. We told everybody. At the end of the day, only like six of us from Blackman Run showed up. But then we stood there and people gave testimony about their experiences with prostate cancer. Mm. And I, I mean, it's funny because I was initially disappointed. I was like, oh man, no one really showed up or anything like that. But I'm like, what was supposed to happen happened. Like we had open and honest conversations about this thing that many people, but specifically black men don't want to talk about. And it was, it served as impetus. Like, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I haven't had a physical in a while. It's like, I got to schedule a appointment with my doctor. And that's, I mean, I don't know if I'm at the age for that yet. I don't know if I have a family history, but I'm like, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about because, you know, the stories I heard, I, I, I felt those. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I keep myself around as long as possible. And I was just like, I mean, that, that's my, up to this date, that's my crowning achievement as Captain of Black Men Run Phoenix. And, is getting that run together and providing a an opportunity, a forum for us to have that discussion, that open, honest discussion about something that afflicts us more than others. I love that. And a couple episodes ago, we had Sergio. He actually lives close to you in, in the Tucson area, and he was he was telling us about some things that you know we had just not heard about before relative to you know the Native American. Um, history and heritage and culture, you know, one of the things we talked about is just this idea that we do a lot of shouting and yelling and not enough listening and learning. Yeah. And it sounds like that's really what you guys are about. It's about listening and learning, but also about about sharing, you know, culture, talking about things that sometimes are, are men in particular don't want to talk about or, or don't feel comfortable talking about, but need to. And so I just, I love that perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, our next big move, one of our members is, uh, I think it's, I forget the exact name of the organization, but like essentially black therapists in Arizona. And it, he works in the, the mental health field and stuff like that. So he's got me in contact with someone he works with in that, in that field. And what we want to do is we want to put on a 5K. And even if it's not super official with PRs and all that stuff, just like an opportunity for, you know, we're going to get together and run no matter what. But mental health professionals will come out and talk to us and provide literature and just, again, it's creating a forum for us to have a conversation about something we, we know is a problem. We're oftentimes reluctant to actually discuss it, you know, but we need to change it. And I think there's this like acknowledgement throughout the organization from the top down that our physical health, yes, that is always going to focus, but there's a lot of us struggling mentally, spiritually. And we need to be prepared to, I mean, again, we're not all therapists or anything like that, but we need to at least be an ear to point people in the right direction if they are struggling, or at least to create an environment where they feel comfortable expressing the struggles that they're going through. There's not a single path to get to the point where all of a sudden you're a runner, you know, and everyone can do it. Like, I mean, running, running is for everybody. Trails are for everybody, you know, and just trying to make sure that there's, I don't know, I try to make people, I, mean, I just want people to feel comfortable. I think about this a lot with, you know, particularly women out running and, you know, the relative lack of safety they might feel. Um, and how, like, what can we do as a running community, particularly, you know, males in the running community to try to help make the pavement, sidewalk, the trails a safer space for them? You know, I haven't figured that out yet, but I know we have a couple of like women only running clubs that have started out here recently. And, you know, I'm trying, I'm just starting to inch in like, all right, like, I know I can't, we can't, we don't, this is a safe space for y'all. So we can't necessarily be there, but however we can amplify the message you're trying to, you know, create, like, just let us know because we want everyone to feel safe out there. Yeah. We, we had Mike uh, on last week. He had, has spina bifida was able to run an ultra marathon after being told at birth he wouldn't be his parents were told he wouldn't be able to walk and just changing the narrative is the way he you know he talked about it and being able to you know, just shed light on you know some some things that we, again we we just didn't know about yeah he he taught us so much and he talked a, a lot about that just how isolation can can be such a hard thing, but having that community, having that person you know, reach across or reach up or reach down, put an arm around, send a text to, you know, like you said, we're not all therapists, but we are all people and can be friends and can mm-hmm. give that word of encouragement. So it sounds that's like that's a lot of what's in the DNA of, of Black Men Run. Yeah, I mean, I'd say like the, best way to describe it is, you know, that feeling when you're doing a race, like most times you don't know a whole lot of people out there, but it feels like everyone has your back. Everyone's cheering you on the people that you're running alongside to in silence, like at the end of the race, they'll come up to you and say, Oh man, like you were pushing me really hard. That was great, great, great stuff like that. Like, and it's like, you're this immediate community, even though you may not actually know each other. Like that's what Blackman run has, I know that's what it feels like for me and what I've heard from other people. That's what it feels like for them. Like, for example, last, um, we, one of our national partners is vacation races and a bunch of us 
met up in the Denver area and then went up to Estes Park to run the Rocky Mountain Half Marathon. So there was a you know bunch of guys from Den from the Denver chapter. It was me from Phoenix. We had some a one co-founder from Atlanta, a couple guys from Detroit, one from Philly. It might have been somebody else there, but I can't think of it right now. I have to apologize for them later. But many of us have not actually met before, but we all have a commonality and some shared experience. And I mean, you just stuff a whole bunch of people in a house and, and you know, 15 passenger van, we're all funky and stuff like that. But it was like, <laughs> it was the, the brotherhood <laughs> was yep. so immediate, you know, so now we're in touch all the time. We had our, we had a national meetup in Detroit for the Detroit Free Press race series. And I mean, there was about 150 of us there for that. But like all these people I've been seeing on Facebook or Instagram or have seen on calls that we have. And I'm like, there was just the love that was shown that connectivity, that fellowship, it was just, I don't know, I feel family. Like, I'm at a point where, it's funny, so I'll tell the story today. There was a gentleman from BMR um, Denver who I did race with when I we were up at Rocky Mountain Half, but he happened to, he's on a road trip with his wife. He happened to be in the Valley area, and he's like, oh, do you mind if we made up? And I was like, all right, well, I can arrange my schedule in a way that we can beat for a run downtown. I'll give you a tour downtown Phoenix. You can grab lunch, and that was that. And it was just like, this cool thing being able to do, like I wanted to, you know, they're looking at potentially snowboarding here, you know, moving here part-time, stuff like that. So I was like, oh, let me show you around, get you a feel of this. And we also get to hang out. Back, was it in December, we have some family in the Bay Area. So we go up there relatively frequently, but I I had never run across the Golden Gate Bridge and I've been wanting to do that. So I reached out to the, posted on the BMR Bay Area page to see, you know, when is your run, blah, blah, blah. They kind of bounce all over the place because the Bay Area is huge and difficult to get everywhere. And so I was like, all right, well, do you guys have any guidance on like what I should do? Like, where should I run in order to get across the bridge, stuff like that? I'm looking to do about a 10K. And they gave me some guidance. And then two guys were like, yeah, we'll be there. I was like, no, you don't got to do this. And they're like, no, 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 we'll be there. So they drove from wherever they're from. Lord knows it was at least 40 minute drive. Yep. It was raining. It was nasty there. Wind gusts up to 35 miles an hour. Like I thought I was going to get blown off the bridge at one point, but these two guys went out of their way to come run with me, make sure, I mean, they're essentially my golden gate Sherpas to make sure I was safe and stuff like that. <laughs> and also just to hang out. And it's just like the coolest thing that I know that I can go to other cities and you know, that we have chapters in and, make a phone call, you know, hit somebody up on social media, something like that. And somebody's going to come out and run with me and make me feel comfortable in their home area. That That's just so cool. That's just so cool. Yep. The community, the connection uh, just means so much. We've seen that just on this podcast, the big S runner herd people connecting that don't even live in the same city over social media, but whenever they do visit, they, you know, get to meet in person, go for a run. It it it's pretty amazing. Any any stories? I know you, when we first got on the phone here, you, you said you man, you've got lots of stories, success stories, things that have happened there in the Phoenix area. Any stories you can share with us? I think since 2018, they, we have like you know MLK weekend here. There is a a celebration awards breakfast, and there's a local high school where a group of kids train to run a 5K and carry a torch from City Hall to the breakfast. And they sort of, that process kicks off the breakfast. And we've historically run with them. And we just go out there to support. I don't know how it initially got connected. I think our previous captain might have known someone who was, known the woman who puts it together. 
and I've just kept it up. And this year, I my son is seven and a half, and he had used to sit in the stroller with me while I, you know, I'd run, run have him in the run stroller for it. This year, I'm like, dude, man, we don't have a run a stroller anymore. You're seven and a half. Like, you've run a 5K before. Like, you got to run it. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, man, you could do it. It's a slow pace. Like, got to carry it for it. They can't spill hot oil over themselves. Like, we're not going to be, you know, running hard. So we had a really good turnout for that. I mean, again, it's Friday morning. So, you know, people might be taking off from work, pushing their schedules around to make sure that they can come out and represent and support. So I'd say we had seven or eight guys out there and my son. And my, <laughs> this is, this is one of my favorite parts. The, the woman puts it together. She got him a, a t-shirt, you know, the same t-shirt that the high school kids are wearing. She was like, oh, you know, can he wear this t-shirt? I'm like, here's the thing. He really likes to represent black men run. And the last time he had a, like a run at school and the teacher made him wear like the, you know, special shirt over his black men shirt, he bawled hysterically. And I was mm-hmm. like, so we're not going to go there. Like, thank you for the shirt, but he, he will want to represent black men. So she's like, all right, I understand. We did the run, and he was struggling, man. He's, you know, seven and a half. A 5K is a bit much for him. Yeah, but yeah. This, this young man, he just kept going. It was, he, he ran the whole thing without stopping. He, he, I mean, we were, you know, slowing up a little bit, but we, I mean, we have a great partnership with uh, Phoenix Police Department as well. So they, you know, had sort of a motorcade, and the two individuals with the, their community engagement bureau, Driving alongside him, we're like, listen, if he wants to ride, we got him. But otherwise, don't tell him not to rush. Like, we, we have his back. So he had his own, like, police escort. Random people throughout on the sidewalks of the streets, downtown Phoenix were just cheering him on. Yeah, go, little man. Go, little man. This is awesome. And, you know, we finished up. We got a good pictures. He got to, like, even everyone else slowed up for a while. So he actually got to lead us into the convention center where they were having the breakfast. And, like, the amount of pride that this kid had. Um, from that. And then to top it off, like he happened to, like the mayor was there at the beginning, the mayor of Phoenix was there at the beginning of the run. A couple of days later, he got a card in the mail from the mayor's office and she called him out specifically, like thanking him for his participation in the run, you know, and all the other runners as well, but specifically him. And it was just like, wow, like the, the, all the joy I get from running, all the joy me and, you know, the rest of the BMR community talk about what we get from running. I'm like, I'm, like this was the evidence that I'm passing it down to my son. And that is, I mean, that's a win. I've, I've won life. I've won parenting now. I've passed down <laughs> the joy of running to my son. I won parenting. That will, that will impact him his entire life. And what I love about that story, because you mentioned earlier, guys, a couple seasons ahead of you. Now you're talking about, you know, seasons behind really impacting generations from, yeah. Seven years old to sixty three and, and jacked. So I just I love that story so much. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Well, Jay, I'm, I'm so now sure. my, my now my daughter wants to run racing, so I have to do a race with her. Oh now. yeah, of course. Half, so. yeah, and, yeah, and, and is she interested? Man, she says she's interested. In whether she'll, where there's an <laughs> organization called Girls on the Run, and they have a one miler. I think at the end of April. So. Her and I are going to do that. Black and Run will be representing there. We're going to have a table and stuff like that. But I told her, I'm like, we'll do that one miler. We'll do that. I think she can pull it off. So well, if she doesn't want to do the full mile, I don't know if you listen to the show, but Marcy Bazer is on our show all the time. She's not a runner, but she wants to have the the Marcy half. And it's not a half marathon. It's a half mile. So if she wants to do that someday, she can <laughs> run the, the Marcy Bazer halfer, we're calling it. So all right, there you go. <laughs> 
Well, Jay, I, I, I need to ask this. So if, you know, if there's people in the area, in the Phoenix area, and, you know, we've got listeners of all shapes and sizes and colors, can, can anybody come run with you? Absolutely. Anyone can come run with us. We run every Saturday. Our home base is Tempe Town Lake, which is just a beautiful, easy, safe loop to do. We typically do six miles, but there are people who come in early if they want to do more. People stay late. There's, you know, several cutoff bridges that you can do across the lake that will make it shorter or longer if you want. Um, in, the, in the summer, we're out there at 6 a.m. because it's hot here. Um, in the, and in the winter, we're out at 7 a.m. And we typically, I mean, we, I mean, we have a Instagram page where we post runs, we have a Facebook page where we post runs. So as we switch up our locations, you know, to try to, one, not get bored with that one location, but also try to service. I mean, the metropolitan area, Phoenix metropolitan area is large and spread out. Yep. So, I mean, we have brothers out on the west side who unfortunately can't make it to all of our central Phoenix or east, east Valley runs. So we'll do runs out there every once in a while. We'll get into the central Phoenix area. We'll occasionally go out to Gilbert in the West Valley. Every once in a while, we'll get in a trail run, too, because we're trying to expose, expose more of us to that. We realize that we don't really have the best representation on the trails yet. There is a relative lack of comfort with the trails. I mean, just like anything else, like, like I could run, but what if I roll my ankle? What kind of sneakers do I need to wear? Like, am I going to be dehydrated? Like, what do I do? Am I going to get lost? Like, there's all these questions. And it's like, all right, well, we need to just get you out there. Like, once you experience it and know it, you're just like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like, and we're blessed with so many close by mountain preserves. Like, and I say, I joke around, most of the places I run, I do trail runs in Phoenix. If I were to trip and snap my my leg and you know bones are coming out of my knee, like neighbors would hear me yell <laughs> because civilization is that close by. Like I can somehow be in this area that feels like I'm in nature, but if I yell loud enough, somebody's going to hear me. Love it. And you mentioned the Instagram and Facebook. How how would people find those? Our Instagram page is at Black Men Run Phoenix, and on Facebook, if you just search for Black Men Run Phoenix, that'll point you to our page. Awesome. And if someone wanted to con- connect directly with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Best way to connect with me, my email address is j.tinsley at black, blackmenrun.com. But my personal Instagram page is at M-E-T-E-D 99. I will put that in the show notes. And Jay, man, great to meet you. i Next time in Phoenix, I'm definitely going to run with you guys. And Please do. I'd love that. Yeah, and I love just what you guys are doing for the running community. You know, we talked before we hit record. You know, we're all about trails becoming more safe, more diverse, more colorful. Love the fact that you guys are really putting an emphasis on that. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Always love to talk about running. Let's, let's do it again. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. And this week we have Elaine Valley. Elaine is amazing. 
She does really big and hard and difficult things. She did her very first 100K down at Rocky Raccoon. Absolutely crushed it. Rocky Raccoon is one of our favorite races. It's part of the Tejas Trails series of races, and she absolutely crushed it. Super, super proud of you, Elaine. Way to go, Elaine. Hey, and by the way, if you would like to nominate someone for a shout out and kudos, we would love to do that. Just send me a note on Instagram or Jeff at BigAssRunner.com. We would love to honor your friend, your co-runner, your running partner, whoever, with a shout out and kudo. Jeff at BigAssRunner.com. Well, I asked and the Big Ass Runner Herd delivered questions for the Ask Me Anything segment. So hopefully this is entertaining. I don't know how informative it's going to be. Maybe a little bit of that too. But here are the questions I received from the Big Ass Runner Herd. The first one is from Tommy T. Not Timmy Time, not Timmy T, but Tommy T. And Tommy wants to know, hey, Jeff. What's the biggest lesson you've learned over the two and a half years of doing the podcast? Tommy, that's an excellent question. And we started this podcast in the summer of 2020, like everybody else. Everyone started a podcast that year because everyone was home trying to find things to do. And it has been the biggest blessing for all of us that really have been part of this podcast when we hear feedback from the listeners, the Big S Runner Herd, just love it. It's been amazing. The community and all that. But to answer your question, Tommy, what is the biggest thing I've learned over the two and a half years? One would be just keep showing up. There are weeks that it's harder to put out an episode. We have not missed one for 133 consecutive weeks. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it want to just keep showing up. And it's really not because I want to grow the podcast or hit any kind of numbers. It's because I just want to keep delivering value for the big S runner herd. And so just showing up. And I think it relates to our running and our training in endurance sports. You got to just keep showing up. There's times that you don't want to, you may miss a runner here. You may miss a run or two. You may miss a workout or every once in a while, but just keep showing up is super, super important. And then the second thing, I knew the community and the trail running community was amazing, but little did I know how amazing and how supportive and friendly and to see, I've said this many times, to see listeners connect with each other across the country, across the world, I'll see someone make a post and I'll see other listeners that have liked it, commented on it, that don't live in the same area. It is so cool to see. And it's all about the trail running community. So those would be the two things. Keep showing up. And the trail running community is absolutely amazing. Well, thank you for that question. Tommy, the next one is from Dino. 
Dino says, when is the Marcy Baser heifer? We actually talked a little bit about that in segment number one. It's not on the calendar, but it needs to be. And if you don't know what that is, Marcy, we're trying to get Marcy to become a runner. It's been our lifelong dream for two and a half years. We've been working on it. It hasn't worked so far, but she has committed to doing the Marcy Baser race. She's going to put on a race. It's called the Marcy Baser Halfer. It's not a half marathon. It's a half mile. And I think she wants to have four aid stations. So basically every hundred yards or so, there would be an aid station. That would be amazing. That would be a lot of fun. It is not yet on the calendar. I went to I went to Ultra Sign Up. I did not see it listed. So we've got to get that sucker on the calendar as soon as possible. Well, thank you for that question. Dino Taylor. Taylor says, Jeff, I was thinking about starting a podcast. What's your biggest piece of advice? Ooh, Taylor, first of all, go for it. That's my piece of advice. I'd say number one, who is the podcast for? Make sure you're really, really clear about who the podcast is for. And then from, so you find your niche, but then you need to even go a little deeper than that. What kind of podcast within that niche do you want to create? For example, we wanted to create a podcast that was entertaining and encouraging. There's lots of great podcasts in the trail running space that interview elite athletes to do interview shows, different kinds of shows. We wanted more of a multi-segment entertaining and encouraging. We, we want to bring you great information, but we also want to make you laugh as well. That was the kind of micro niche within trail running that we wanted to serve. So just getting crystal clear on who it is that you want to serve and what kind of podcast you want to do. And then this last piece of advice would be go for it. Do it. Don't overthink it, over-engineer it. It'll never be perfect. Just hit record. If you go back and listen to our early shows, we didn't know what the heck we're doing. And some would argue we still don't. Hit record. Get those reps in. It's just like anything else. The more you do it, the more you practice it. Try to get 1% better every time. Before long, you will be crushing it. Great question, Taylor. Let me know what kind of podcast you start. I will listen. Love it. Well, Jaden asks, hey, Jeff, what's your current favorite piece of gear and unfortunately, I am not running right now, so I'm not experiencing the gear like I normally am, but you guys have heard me talk about this one, but the Pyrenees Path Projects mid-weight hooded tee, I wear that or my Big S Runner hoodie probably every day. One of those two things, if you go to the YouTube channel, and you look at any of the videos, you'll see I wear one of those two items, I think, in every video as well. The, the mid-weight is just so perfect. I love the lightweight too, but it's almost too lightweight for, for me in, in the winter. So this mid-weight is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Pathprojects.com. You will find it there. We love that. Well, thank you for that, Jaden. Well, Kim Endo Campbell asked three, three-parter. Three different questions. The first, favorite aid station food. And if you're going to take the chapa special out of the equation, 
I tend to always hit the PB&J, and I think it's because I, I know I can get some carbs, a little bit of protein, a little bit of sugar. I guess that's my favorite. It's harder later in the race because I get the dry mouth thing, so I usually go for more like oranges later in the race. But man, if a, if a Chapa Special is not an option, I'm going to go with the PB&J and then probably the Pringles, which I think is the most underrated chip there is. It's so light and delicious. There you go. Kind of kind of standard, kind of boring. I wish I had something more fun and exciting for you, Kim. But that's that would be my favorite. And then she also asked, and I think she's pulling my leg, pun intended, do you put on your left shoe first or your right shoe first? And the the answer is I have no idea. I think the left. I think the left, although I'm a people pleaser, maybe I put them on at the same time just so one's not upset. I don't know. Not sure. I need to, I probably need to pay more attention. And then the last of the three-part question, this is a good one. I had to think about this. What makes you sign up for a race? Location? distance, time of year. I would love to know how you guys sign up or think about which races you're going to sign up for. I think it depends, number one, on is it an A race? If it's an A race, if it's really the race I'm training for, and usually it's a couple of year that we'll do an A race, like the last A race I had was Black Canyon, then I'm looking more for location. Those are probably going to be more bucket list kind of races. My first A race ever was Bandera. It was my first ultra. And I knew it was a golden ticket race. Not that I was going to get a golden ticket, of course, but I knew it was a big race. I knew Tejas Trails put it on. So that's why I picked that one. And then Black Canyon, I just heard such good things about from other runners. It was on my list. I wanted to do a destination. And time of year definitely played a role, as did distance, but it was mainly location for my A races. B races, it tends to be a little bit more time of year because I'm using them as training runs to the A race. But also, location would play some factor because I'm usually going to try to do something more local for the B race. And a lot of the B races that we love to do around here but with Blaze Trails, they have multiple options for distances, so that's probably less important. So yeah, I guess the answer is depends. If it's an A race, it's probably location. Time of year plays a factor, and so does distance, but it's more so location. And then for B races, it's probably more closer to home, time of year to fit my training schedule. And I can usually fit the distance that I need to within that. Great questions, Kim. Thank you for submitting that. Mike can run. Submitted the next question. If you did not hear the last episode and Mike on segment one, go back. Stop right now. Go listen to Mike. He is amazing. He is a Guinness Book of World Record holder. And he says, what's a goal that you have that you're scared you won't achieve but think you have a shot at? This is a really good question. And I think it's really good for a couple of reasons. One, I have been on the shelf, so to speak, with this injury, with this foot surgery, and I have not been running at all. So anything feels like a really hard goal. But I talked a little bit about this a couple episodes ago. I want to do a 100 miler, 100K is my furthest distance to date. 
And, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I want to do a hundred miler. And I think 2024 is probably realistic just in terms of the training I need to do. Cause I'm going to be starting from really zero once I get back to running. And so I've picked one in June of 2024 and it scares me. I'll be honest. It scares me a little bit. We'll talk more about what race I've pretty much landed on another time, but that's, that's a goal I have get my first hundred miler. And I, I feel confident I can do it, but it does, it does scare me. I do think I have a shot at it. The one I'm looking at can be really, really weather crazy race. So we'll see. But that one does scare me a little bit, Mike. What goals do you guys have, Big Ass Runner Herd, that gets you a little bit nervous, a little bit scary? Love the question. Great question, Mike. Well, Neil asked, what's your goal starting date? Neil, thank you for this question. I have been given by the doctor the okay to do Peloton and to do elliptical, but I'm not clear to run. My next appointment is March 10th. That is the day that I'm hoping to get the green light. It's still a month away, a little over a month away. But March 10th, I've circled the calendar. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna create a YouTube video on this occasion. I'm gonna film the doctor, the whole thing, take you behind the scenes. We're gonna look at x-rays, the whole deal. But March 10th hopefully is the start of the comeback tour. Don't call it a comeback. But thank you for that question, Neil. Elaine, we just gave Elaine shout outs and kudos a second ago. She says, Jeff, how do you pronounce, and here's the word, I'm going to spell it for you, A-C-A-I. How do you pronounce that word? Akai, of course. No, I'm kidding. Acai. I love acai. I don't know what it is other than some kind of a tropical fruit, but if you've ever had an acai bowl, it is delicious. Get a little Smoothie King acai. It is fantastic. I think I'm saying it right. I could be wrong. I normally am when it comes to pronouncing words and doing lyrics for songs and whatnot. But acai is what I think you pronounce that word. A-C-A-I, acai. Well, the last question is from Gen X Gen. When's the next meetup? Austin? April 22nd, I will be there. It's a good question. I think we need to do a bigger announcement kind of meetup at some point. Bandera is certainly one that we will always be at, so you can write that one down. But we're going to be at Grasslands. Grasslands is a blaze trail race. I won't be able to run it yet, but it is going to be an awesome time. A lot of the runners in the in the north. Texas area will be out there and a lot of people come in for that one too and it is the 25th anniversary of that race it is March 18th that'll be eight days after I get my hopefully thumbs up to run but we're definitely going to be out there my son Hayden is running the marathon 
And I know Stephen's running out there too. It's just a great race. If you're looking for a race in Texas and don't mind traveling in, meet us out there. Grasslands, March 18th, 2023. That would be fun. Well, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you learned a little bit. I, I don't know about that, but hopefully it was at least entertaining. By the way, if you're out there running right now, your form looks fantastic. Well, thank you for the questions, everybody. That was Ask Jeff Anything. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 133 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks so much for joining us and for everyone involved in this show. Glenn for the open, Jay Tinsley for sharing more about Black Men Run. Love that organization. Get out there and run with them if you're in the Phoenix area. Elaine, great job on your 100K, and thank you to all that submitted questions. By the way, I had someone ask the other day, it was, was, I think it might have been our buddy Adam. Hey, I need toe socks and I need liners. And I know that the best is Exoskin. Do we have a discount code? And the answer is yes. If you put B-A-R in the discount code at exoskin.com, you will get 10% off. They also have offers going on all the time. So check out their website, exoskin.com. But we couldn't love their products anymore. You heard from Sean and Nathan the other day who did the FKT down the Palmetto Trail. That's what they wore. And they had like one blister on their pinky. And it wasn't even from the socks. It was from from the shoes or sand in the shoe or something. They are amazing, amazing products. The Rapid Copper is what makes it so special. Exoskin.com. And as always, thanks to our audio engineer that makes this sound so good, Steve Cinnamon Bear Saunders. But with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off.